Hello, and welcome to First Church. I'm Brad Miller, and I get to serve this family as missions and discipleship pastor. I'm so glad you've joined us online today. Now, if this were a normal Sunday, many people would be in this space looking for opportunities to connect with each other. Connection with people is such a vital part of being the church. And in this season where we are more physically distanced, we don't want anyone to be socially isolated. So if you're newer here, or maybe you've only joined us online and you'd like to get to know us better, you can email me at brad at firstchurchconnect.com. Ask me questions about the church, about God or the Bible, or just connect. Or perhaps you've been here a long time and you want to explore the next steps in being more connected. You can email me as well at brad at firstchurchconnect.com. There are opportunities available for you. Thanks again for joining us today. Let's participate now with the team as we worship our great and ever-present God. Show us, show us your glory. Show us, show us your power. Show us, show us your glory, Lord. Show us, show us your glory. Show us, show us your power. where we meet this morning, Lord, in our living rooms, in our kitchens, in our homes, with our families, Lord. Show us your glory. We give you our praise. We come together, even though we're separated, to give you praise and to give you honor and to give you the glory that you deserve. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
compare me? Or who is my equal, says the Holy One. Lift your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the starry hosts one by one and calls them each by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. And church, here's the convicting part for me this week. Why do you say, O Jacob, and complain, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord, and my cause is disregarded by my God. Come on. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth, and he will not grow tired or weary. And his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary. He increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord, in the Lord, will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Are you feeling faint, church? Trust in the Lord. He's an almighty God with the power to save, the power to strengthen us. It is Him that we worship this morning. Your promise still stands, 
to declare this together. As one church, one body. Well, again, I wanna thank you for joining us today. I know, especially in these days, that we may have some extended family joining us. Uh, when I was growing up, we'd have a family reunion. Every once in a while, I might meet a cousin I didn't even know I had. And that's what we're experiencing today. Maybe you've not even ever been uh, to our church, but now you're joining us online. And we consider you extended family. We're thankful to be together today. This all brings, kind of reminds me of us all the way back in February, a long time ago, when we first started hearing about this virus in China. Uh, I collected our staff and we got together, uh, it was on a Thursday morning, and I told them that we need to be thinking about two things. One is, what would happen to our ministry if in fact a pandemic broke out? And we started formulating plans and each ministry needed to do that. And then secondly, we needed to look forward towards what we will do in the future to be able to be online digitally. And what would that look like? Well, you've kind of seen what's happened with the pandemic, but we believe that God is calling us to start a new ministry. 
We'll have to have a whole new ministry in order to do what we're talking about. And that is to be able to put our services online, live, and then have the ability for that to be online streaming for people to be able to check us out from week to week. And so you might say, why do you wanna do something like that? Well, the first reason that we do it is to reach more people. That's behind all of this, that we would reach more people and that we would broaden our reach. There are folks that are checking us out today that have never even been to our church. And that's part of this. We want to make it available for folks. And, and so here's what we need. There's a, we start a whole new ministry. The first thing you need is a leader. And so we're looking for someone who is uniquely qualified, both, uh, I'm gonna say it, artistically, being able to understand both the video and the sound. And that takes some unique talent and some skills and some experience. We're looking, if God's calling you, we're looking for someone to lead it. It also takes other people that are highly skilled in computer, that can learn how to do computer generated graphics, to do overlays. There's a lot of different parts to this, uh, to be able to put the words and uh, the points to the sermon, those kinds of things that takes some computer skills, as well as folks that would be able to run the camera during the service. There'll be multiple cameras and be able to do that. So being able to produce and direct this kind of an effort, it's gonna take a whole new ministry. Yeah, during this time, we're gonna start a ministry. And if you wanna be a part of it, I want you to email. If you're available, this would be very important and very uh, centered on your availability on Sunday morning. If that's you, then you can write Holly. Holly Parks will be leading this ministry. You can write Holly at holly at firstchurchconnect.com. And then you guys, as, as this ministry gets going, we'll see hopefully the fruit of what God's calling us to. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for today. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy that's new today. And then, Lord, thank you for the great hope we have in you. Today, Lord, we're thankful that we can trust you. And Lord, we just come to you uh, asking you that you would continue to protect and that, Lord, you would give us your direction and that, Lord, that your presence would be with us. Lord, we're praying and standing in the gap for first responders, Lord. We, we just pray for your protection over the police, over firemen, over EMT workers that are, that are always in harm's way. We pray, Lord, for protection over them. Lord, we pray for those who work at hospitals, whether it's medical staff or whether it's doctors or nurses, whoever. Lord, we just pray that you would protect them and bless every effort they're making in trying to bring healing, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would help them. Lord, we pray for those uh, who are suffering under this virus. Lord, we pray for the power of the Holy Spirit to bring healing. And also, Lord, we pray for the families who've lost loved ones to this. Lord, I know that there are many in our midst who may even be watching, who are struggling, even maybe with other ailments. And Father, we pray that you would just send your Holy Spirit to heal and also to comfort. Father, today we thank you for the blessings of knowing you. And not only that, Lord, but the blessings of being in your care. And Father, we pray that you would 
bless both the gift and the giver as we give back. And Lord, we thank you for this opportunity. Lord, even today, I pray in the time we have remaining, we would look to you and that we would learn from you. Thank you, Lord, today for your abundant grace in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Father of kindness, you have poured out grace. You brought me out of darkness. You have filled me with peace. Giver of mercy of my help in time of need. Lord, I can't help but sing.
one sermon every book of the Bible. That's what we felt led to do in 2020 and even beyond. We are looking and each week we will be preaching a sermon out of one book in the Bible. We began in January with the book of Genesis and now today we're all the way up to 1 Chronicles. We have faith. We are being bold enough and daring enough to stick with what we believe God has called us to. We believe that God had a plan. And today we're in 1 Chronicles. You might scratch your head and say, now how in the world is he going to say anything that applies to my life and all that we're going on in the world? We named this series Timeless because we believe that God's word is timeless and that God's word is active today and that it speaks to us and it cuts and it shows us what we need for living. And I am being daring enough to believe that yes, God has a word for you today from 1 Chronicles because it is the word of God and it's timeless. So if you have your Bible, we're gonna be mostly in 1 Chronicles chapter 16 but I need to bring you up to snuff here in the context of this. Way back in verse uh, four of chapter 13, we see David's heart in wanting to bring the ark to Jerusalem and to to bring it uh, where God's in the center of God's people. And so whenever he, he kind of, we, we see in verse four that all the people agreed and all the people were telling him, yeah, let's do it, let's do it. And as they were going up in verse nine, we read that when they had, uh, had come to the threshing floor at Kaidan, Uzzah reached out his hand to steady the ark because the oxen stumbled. And the Lord's anger burned against Uzzah and he struck him down because he had put his hand on the ark. And Uzzah died because he had just, even just to steady it, this was symbolic of the presence of God. And there were many, many restrictions with how you were to treat this, this, this very holy this holy uh, symbol. So even that day, David's anger burned against. He was just angry. He was afraid of God that day. And, and he said, how can I ever bring the ark of God to me? And so we fast forward to chapter 15. And then, then we read that, that he brings the Levites, the, the priests together, the, the, the Levitical families. And he says, you and all of the Levites, consecrate yourself and do it the way God called us to do it. And he brings the ark of God into Jerusalem. And there's a great celebration. I remember several years ago, I was in Anderson, Indiana. And uh, I was at a concert where Michael W. Smith, Mercy Me and David Crowder were gonna perform. And uh, I was invited backstage. Smitty had invited me backstage to come back. He said, come back and, 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 and pray with us. I want you to pray over us before we start. And there was a guy named Michael Guido there who pastors many of these uh, musical groups. And Guido was talking to them and he was telling them 
this story. Now, you have to also know that not only were these groups in the room, but it was also Sandy Patty, because she's from down that way. And I believe a couple of the Gaithers were there and there were some other music business people there and they were in this room and Guido is talking to them and he is talking to them about how musicians, people who, who write music uh, for the church, how they are Levitical. In other words, they are like the present day Levites. And he was talking to Smitty and to Mercy Me and all these guys and he was saying, be careful with how you, you, you are respectful and are reverent towards the glory of God. And he tells this story and says that the people of God had become sloppy with the glory of God. And his, in that room, I'll never forget him saying, don't get sloppy with the glory of God. That was a good lesson for me to remember. That we should not get sloppy with the glory of God. That God is holy and we should revere him. So you might say, what's the big deal about the glory of God? In fact, I I want to step back a little bit. And I, I want us to look at how we are as the people of God, because here David is the king, it's a united kingdom. And we see the people of God fulfilling what God had promised Abraham into the Exodus out. And now we see the fulfillment of it. And David is about to write a psalm of response about the glory of God and why we should be thankful. And I want us to look at that. I want us as the people of God to be able to see how it is we're supposed to be stay grounded in the glory of God. Because this passage has similar portions Uh, to Psalm 105. You find portions of it also in Psalm 106. You would also find uh, some of this in Psalm 96. And David is celebrating the entry of the ark into Jerusalem and he brings the folks together and and his words have this value uh, in, in returning it to Jerusalem out of, you know, just seeing this celebration. So David calls this the praise of God. So I want to talk to you about how we are to stay grounded. And the first thing I want to share with you is that when life is unpredictable in the world, how do the people, how in an unpredictable world, how, when it is, how do we stay grounded? Well, we have to remember that God is sure and that he is strong. Verse eight in chapter 16, the psalm begins. Now this is a psalm that's like in the book of Psalms, but it's written right here in First Chronicles. And it's a, great, it's a great picture of who God is and how we have to remain grounded in him. Verse eight, give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name, make known amongst the nations what he has done. Sing to him, sing praises to him, tell of all his wonderful acts, glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord and his strength, seeking his face always. You know, in a world that seems very unpredictable, remember that God is our sure foundation. God is our strong tower. 
He is the one we build our life on in a world that seems very unpredictable. Hey, people of God, don't forget, God's the sure thing. He's the strong thing. And that's what David is saying in this Psalm to the people of God. Ravi Zacharias tells a story of many years ago, he was on the campus of Ohio State and I believe it was the Wexner Art Center that they were open. And as he went through the tour, uh, the, the man who was driving around said, this is our new art building at the university. And it's a fascinating because it's a postmodern design. And he says, Zacharias says, the building had no pattern. The staircases go nowhere. Pillars support nothing. The architect designed the building to reflect the postmodern view of life. It went nowhere and it was mindless and it was senseless. And Zacharias turned to the man who was telling him this. And he said, He said, did they do the same with the foundation? And the man kind of thought to himself for a moment. He says, you can't do that with the foundation. Here's the truth. We have to have in an unpredictable world where we don't know what's going to happen, where there's pain and suffering and sin and everything. You have to have a strong foundation. And David is saying here in an unpredictable world, our sure foundation is the Lord. He is the one. Glory in his name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice because there's a sure foundation. Here's what I want you to remember. Jesus said that the person who builds his life on the sure foundation is wise. Proverbs 4.7 Wisdom is supreme, therefore get wisdom. Proverbs 9, tier 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Know, have that sure foundation. I wanna encourage you, build your life on the rock. Here's the second thing. When life is unstable, and we do live in an unstable world, I wanna encourage you, Remember, God is faithful. And the psalm goes on, verse 12. Here's what David and all of Israel, here's the song, this psalm raised to the Lord. Remember the wonders he has done. So he's trying to say, remember, God is faithful. Remember the wonders he's done, his miracles and the judgments he pronounced. You, his servants, the decisions descendants of Israel, his chosen ones, the children of Jacob. He is the Lord, our God. His judgments are in all the earth. I want to remind you as the people of God that in an unstable world, we have to remember, we have to recall, we have to think and remember God's word is true and that he is faithful. Hudson Taylor, who founded the China Inland Mission He had a plaque on his wall and it had two Hebrew words. It had Ebenezer and it had, the other word was Jehovah Jireh. The one word was hitherto the Lord has helped us. And the other word, which was Jehovah Jireh, it is the Lord will see to it or the Lord will provide Jehovah Jireh. One looked back while the other looked forward. Hitherto, the Lord has helped us. And he kept those two. One reminded him of God's faithfulness. And the other one 
of God's assurances for the future. God is faithful for our past. He's been faithful and he's going to be faithful. Even for eternity, you can count on God. You see, our thinking, our thinking versus God's promises, they're, they're really contrasted. We say, oh, it's impossible. God says, all things are possible with me. Our thinking is, I can't do it. I can't do this anymore. God says, you can do all things through Christ. Uh, my thinking is, I'm too tired. God says, come to me and I will give you rest. Uh, I, you, I, we say things like, I'm always worried and frustrated. And God says, cast all your burdens on me. We say, I can't go on. God says, my grace is sufficient for all your needs. We say things like, I can't, think, think, I can't figure things out. God says, I will direct your steps. We think, I'm not able. God says, I am able. We say things like, it's not worth it. God says, it will be worth it in the end. We say, I can't manage this. God says, I will supply all your needs. We say, I'm afraid. God says, I have not given you a spirit of fear. That's not me. We say, I'm not smart enough. I can't figure it out. God says, I'll give you wisdom if you ask for it. We say, I feel alone. Words of Jesus found the last words he spoke to us as well as spoken even from the Old Testament. God's assurance is, I will never leave you nor forsake you. When life is unstable, God is faithful. Here's the third thing. When life is unreliable, and we live in so many times it's unreliable world, remember, God keeps his promises. Look at verse 15. He remembers, God, God, he remembers his covenant forever. The promise he made for a thousand generations, the covenant he made with Abraham, the oath he swore to Isaac, he confirmed it to Jacob as a decree, to Israel as an everlasting covenant. God is the one who keeps his promises from beginning to end. And his promises are true. We are rooted I am rooted in my faith in the promise that Abraham got from God. And his promises are true. The children of Israel, the people of God, my prom the promise I have in him that I found in Jesus, Yeshua, the Messiah, is rooted. And God keeps his promises. A promise from God is a promise we can count on. Did you know that there are over seven thousand promises in God's word. I mean, God, you can depend on absolute confidence in God's promises. God's presence is offered in Hebrews 13, 5. I will never leave you. God's protection, I am your shield, Genesis 15, 1. God's power, I will strengthen you. Isaiah 41, verse 10. God's provision, I will help you. Isaiah 41. God's leading, and when 
he puts forth for his sheep, they, he goes before them as a good shepherd, John 10. God's purposes. I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil. Jeremiah 20, 11. I could go on and on. Remember God's rest. He promises us rest. Jesus says, come unto me, all who are laboring and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. It goes on and on. There are over 7,000 promises in the Bible. And we need to keep them in our minds and we need to have them available because God is a promise keeper and I have to be equipped in an unstable world, in an unreliable world. I need to be equipped to be able to pull those out to be to be the object of my sure foundation that I live my life on. You can't break God's promises by leaning on them. You gotta lean on God's promises. I wanna give you three real quick because some of you are like, I don't know. I wanna give you three promises. God's promise to guide us when I'm confused. Are you confused today? Here's a promise from God when you're confused. Here's God's promise to guide. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and never rely on what you think you know. Remember the Lord's, the Lord in everything you do, and he will show you the right way. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. That's a promise. That's a promise. He, he will promise to guide you. Here's another one. God promises to help me when I'm tempted. Are you tempted to give in? Are you tempted in the ways of this world? 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. Remember that the temptations that come into your life are no different than what everybody experiences. And God is faithful. He will keep the temptation from beginning, becoming so strong that you can't stand up against it. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you will not give in to it. I encourage you today. Here's the third thing. Um, God promises to support me in times of trouble. Isaiah chapter 43, verses two and three. When you go through deep waters and great trouble, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. For I am the Lord, your God. Those are just three examples of how God, he literally shows up and keeps his promises in an unreliable world. What does God promise us? Listen to me, listen to me. What God promises us is that he will watch over our life. At the, at the heart of all of this, the Lord will watch over your coming and your going both now and forevermore. It goes back to the the same thing throughout. The Lord is watching, no matter whether you're coming or going, whether you're alone or in a crowd, it doesn't matter. He watches over you. He's watching. Uh, Several, it was, I think about a year, year and a half ago, my wife, as my 10-year-old son, Beckett, is getting older, we're trying to show him how to kind of live in the world and to kind of what to do. So my, my wife took him to Myers, and so she gave him a little assignment just to go over a couple aisles and down. Well, inside the assignment, he kind of got lost, and so Sherry 
went after him, but I think they were circling each other. And that became a traumatic event in Beckett's life where he was lost. And Sherry had a a few times where she was getting worked up as well. And it wasn't long before they kind of found each other. It wasn't very busy. And here's, so he was pretty traumatized by it. So it wasn't too long ago, probably about six months ago that we were at Walmart. And so I was with him and I gave him an assignment. Well, this time when I gave him the assignment, I, he was very, very, you know, pensive about going out. So he goes down. And as he turned the corner to go down, I quickly got back up in the aisle and I just barely walked around the corner and I told him what to get and he did it, but he kept looking to see back to see if I was watching and I think he saw me and it made him feel better. It made him feel better and he was more assured because he knew I was watching him. I want you to be assured that God is watching you I know that we're talking about a 10-year-old who's growing up now and finding his way. You know what? We never outgrow the need to be assured, no matter how old we are, that God is watching over you. He keeps his promises. Here's the fourth thing. When life seems uninteresting, you know, a lot of life can be not very kind of unexciting, boring, apathetic, indifferent. In fact, you might be experiencing that right now where it's like, oh man, I wish I had different things I could do or watch or whatever. I want you to remember this. Remember, and you might not, this might not be uh, very academic, but here's what I'm gonna say. Remember this. God is the only one that we should get worked up about. In a world that gets worked up about stuff that doesn't even matter, what David is saying to the people of God is he is saying to them, He says, sing to the Lord all the earth. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all people. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. Verse 26, for all the gods of the nations, they're just idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and joy are in his dwelling place. I want to encourage you today in the mundane tasks of the world, when you're looking for excitement, only God is the one that we should get worked up about. Uh, Have you ever maybe seen on TV or maybe you've even seen it live uh, at the under eight minute mark at an IU at an Indiana University basketball game, uh, they bring out what I don't even know how many flags they do. But as soon as the timeout's called, then the band starts playing and there's like 15, 20 flags that are everybody's running around. The The floor is full of all these cheerleaders and they have this big, huge pep rally for like 60 seconds. And it is something to behold. I mean, it's like a rally like you wouldn't believe. The place is, Assembly Hall is going crazy. Um, And it's so exciting. And it's like, wow, everybody gets worked up. And people that, that, that you thought are just sort of these very respectable people sitting there, they all go nuts. Uh, I've been to the big house for a Michigan football game. 
I've seen the Ohio State game a couple of times. I've seen the Notre Dame game. I've seen them play all kinds of big games. And man, people come early. They stay late. They get all worked up. And you just, people are, they don't hold back. They're yelling, screaming all the time as if, out of 115,000 people, they can hear you. But that people are hollering, but they're getting all worked up about this stuff. Even in our own state, the Indianapolis 500, quarter of a million people, they get all excited about that. People drop everything. They go down in the month of May. Hopefully they'll make it up this year. People get all worked up about it. So many times in our lives, we get so worked up about other like sports and stuff like that. And I want you to know, really, God is the only one to get worked up about. You know, I can tell you all these kind of experiences because I've been there. What is it that you get excited about? And I want you to know, David is kind of stopping as they bring this ark back. And he's saying to them, uh, for all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. God is... John Piper said this, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. God is the only one that we should be worked up about. God's love for his people is unwavering. And while mankind found new ways to break every single command of God, year after year, he has remained steadfast in accomplishing his good purpose. And I want you to be encouraged. Not a single word has been unfulfilled. God will have his say. Here's the next thing. When life is unclear, when I don't know exactly what's going on, when there's uncertainty, remember God is on the throne. Choose to worship him. David says this, ascribe to the Lord all the families of nations. This word ascribe in its definition is look to the cause, uh, the source, the author of a thing. And he is saying, ascribe to the Lord. He's the author. He's the cause. He is behind all of this. He's the author of this. Ascribe to the Lord, all the families of nations, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. In other words, look to that cause. Look to the Lord. Ascribe to the Lord. Give Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. I'm learning. You can't worship without emotion. That's part of who we are and how we are. You can't worship without reverence, with a sense of reverence. You can't worship without sacrifice. I see those people at those ball games and they go nuts. Whether we're talking about at a high school basketball game or something, there's no holding back. But then you talk about coming into church and worshiping him. Somebody like, oh no, you've got to be much more subdued and quiet. I want to tell you, God is the one who should be honored. Glory, we should revere him, yes, We should also be passionate about worshiping him. Only he is worthy. You can't worship without a purity of heart too. That single-mindedness. See, emotions are indicators of realities, reality, not the fabricators of reality. And so that means that God should get the double A. 
God should get the double A. Remember the double A. He should get our attention. That's our mind. And he should get our affection. That's our heart. God should get our mind and our heart. The, I want us to be a people who worship the Lord, that we see that he's on the throne. Even though life is uncertain, we can be certain of him. Here's the sixth thing. When life is unsure and uncertain, remember God is the one we should pursue. David, at the end of this psalm, he says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. God is the one that we should turn to. And so at the end of this, he reminds the people of God, don't forget to keep pursuing him. Irma Bombeck, we gotta have a, we've gotta have a, a thankful heart to do that. Irma Bombeck, she's an author and a columnist, a humorist many years ago. She's since passed, but in the 90s, she was really popular. And she, came, she was diagnosed with breast cancer. And so uh, she realized at that time, there were a couple million people that had breast cancer. And, and she tried to keep her spirits up and everything. And one time she was alongside of a little 10 year old girl who had cancer that was more in her nervous system. And uh, so she kind of struck up a conversation and she wanted to know, she, she kind of asked her, she said, she said her birthday was coming up. And so Irma Bombeck asked her, she said, what do you want for your birthday? And the little girl just thought, and she said, I don't know what I want for my birthday. I don't really need anything. I've got two sticker books and a Cabbage Patch doll. And, and Irma Bombeck uh, just kind of looked at the little girl when she said that. And she says, I really don't need anything. The little girl said, I don't need anything. I have everything that I need. And the Irma Bombeck said, the kid is right. You know, to learn contentment, to realize that God is the one, that we should be grateful, that we should give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. To be thankful for what we have. And then in verse 35 in chapter 16, it says, cry out, save us, God our Savior. Gather us and deliver us from the nations that we may give thanks to your holy name and glory in your praise. Praise to the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Then all the people said, amen, and praise the Lord. You know, you have a choice where you're gonna turn. You're either gonna turn inward towards yourself. You're gonna turn outward to find hope in other people. I wanna encourage you to to turn upward towards God. He is the one we should pursue. And I want to encourage you today. I want to encourage you that you should pursue God. Let's turn our affections toward him. When life is unpredictable, remember God is sure. When life is unstable, remember God is faithful. Remember, when life is unreliable, remember that God keeps his promises. When life seems unimpressive, then I want to encourage you. Remember God is the only one that we should really get worked up about. When, when, God is uns, when, things, when life is uncertain, remember God should be worshiped. And when life is unsure, remember God is the one that should be pursued. And I want to encourage you in that as the people of God today. Would you pray with me? 
Father, I thank you for the word of God. We thank you, Lord, for this great psalm that reminds us as the people of God of not only who you are, but also what we're supposed to be about. So Lord, help us today. Help us to remember you. Help us to look to you as the source. Help us to remember that you're faithful. Remember, Lord, all these truths that, Lord, you are worthy. Lord, that you are the one that we need to pursue. Help us, Lord. And what is impossible with us, Lord, is possible with you. So today, Lord, we're praying that you would teach us your ways. Help us, Lord, to keep you first. Help us, Father, to look to you and whatever we're walking through. Lord, I pray for those who are walking through financial struggles. I pray, Lord, that you would be their sufficiency. I pray for those who are struggling in their health that you would touch them physically, that Lord, no matter what folks are working through, walking through, that you would be with them and that your promises would be true over their life. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit. And thank you for all you've done for us. We pray all this in Jesus name. Amen and amen. Well, today I want to leave you with our benediction. It's from Romans chapter 15, verse five. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accordance with Jesus Christ, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. I pray today that the glory of the Lord would rise among us because we turn to him. God bless you and have a great week.